Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by none other than the legendary Peter Montoya. He is a keynote speaker. He is a multiple best-selling author. Um, he is a transformational leadership expert. He's written the book, The Brand Called You and the Personal Branding Phenomenon. He also bootstrapped his software company from an idea in 2008 to a multi-million dollar exit in 2018 without capital partners or investors along side a long list of other amazing achievements. Peter, thank you so much for joining us. Seth, I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. It is our pleasure. So let's talk about the leadership side because we're recording this during the height of the Corona COVID crisis slash scare slash whatever you want to call it. We're all adjusting to working remotely depending on our profession. What are you seeing right now in terms of how can we be leading our teams remotely? What do we need to do differently? What do we need to do more of? 50,000 foot bird's eye view. Great question. I'm so glad that you're leading with it because it's on everyone's mind right now. Uh, and I'll probably say this, uh, broadly speaking, uh, leadership has fundamentally shifted um, in the last 50 years. So there's kind of the old school version of leadership and the modern school of leadership. And the old school version of leadership was something more akin to the movie Full Metal Jacket. It was a, a drill instructor who uh, led by fear, um, intimidation, and it was a command and control model. You had leaders at the top who did strategy, vision, and did all of the thinking for the organization, and everyone else in the organization was more, no more than a cog in the wheel, more or less making things move. It wasn't your job to think, to innovate, to inspire. It was just your job to do what you're told. Modern leadership is much different. Um, more or less, what we're seeing now is the best organizations more or less unlock the leadership capital of every single person of the organization. So what we teach and what most organizations are now embracing is that everyone is a leader. There, so there are three domains of leader. There is a the first domain of leader is kind of what we typically think of, you know, leader of a company or an organization or a country or something like that. They're standing on a platform. They're delivering, you know, inspiring oratory. That's one level of leadership. Second one is a friends and family. Uh, you might see my lovely wife here my, over my shoulder. And what she basically says is we're always inspiring somebody, either positively or negatively. And one of our rules for our kids is be a better influence on them than they are on you. And the third well, domain of leadership. I my son's example and play video games all day. <laughs> 
there is some value to that. I wouldn't say all day, every day, but yes, there is some value to that. <laughs> and then the third domain of leadership is leadership of self. Uh, which is probably the most important uh, domain. And leadership of self, the other word for that is empowerment. So that's those two words are synonyms for each other. All right. So if we look at the fact that a large percentage of businesses now are having employees, team members work remotely in some way, shape or form, what shifts? I I mean, obviously making everybody a leader is even more important now because some of them, you know, you're not watching your team members on Zoom eight hours a day, right? They have to get their work done on their own without someone necessarily walking in their office and seeing if they're doing it. So how does that model kind of change into the now that everybody's working from home? That is a phenomenal question. And I actually have a tailor-made answer for it. So, you know, uh, under the command and control model, uh, you manage by task. You basically say, okay, here is your task. You go out and dig this ditch or you man this foxhole and you don't think you just, you manage it by task. And now we're more or less managing by mission. So when you want to empower people, it's actually a three-step process. Uh, Number one is you make sure every single person on your team is absolutely crystal clear on the mission. So exactly, you know, where's the overall organization going? Where is their team going, their department going, and what is their role in that? And they have absolute crystal clarity when their mission, what their mission is. Because when the mission is clear, decisions becoming much, much easier. So that's step one. Uh, step two is you teach everyone absolute responsibility. So uh, I've been talking about this for 30 years, but Jocko Willing kind of swung in this last year uh, talking about extreme ownership. Uh, he does it much better than I do because he's a six foot two uh, Navy, Navy SEAL, SEAL with a gruff yeah. voice and big arms. Uh, but the idea is very simple. So responsibility is really much more about blame and shame. So when something doesn't happen, who do we point a finger at? Who do we um, lynch? You know, who's in trouble? Absolute responsibility is fundamentally different because absolute responsibility is about owning the situation independent of who caused it. More or less, if it is to be, it's up to me. And as soon as you actually own the situation as it is, without blaming, shaming, guilting, being angry about it and saying this is the way the situation is, and then owning what you want it to become, you are then empowered to change it. We cannot change what we do not own. So step two is to make sure your your team is absolutely responsibility and they know what their authority is. You know, so they have a lot of authority, make sure they know exactly what their guardrails are into the lanes, what they can and cannot do when it comes to implementing their jobs. And the whole idea is to continually give them more and more authority in those boundaries of absolute responsibility. More is better over time. Now, when you first start, you give them a narrow lane, and obviously you're starting to increase it over time. Uh, Then the third step is competence. And competence could be skills in doing their job, whether it be financial services or engineering or ditch digging or retail services, and most importantly, around decision-making. So there's a really great story about a submarine captain, and he more or less gave away all the authority on his submarine except one, and that was firing weapons. That was the only authority that he retained. Everything else he delegated down to his officers and to the crew. And more or less, the crew come up to him and say, Captain, uh, request permission to dive to depth. And he would say, what am I thinking? And the officer would go, well, are the uh, hatches all battened? Do we have clarity of water? Do we have our destination pointed in? And he goes, yep, that's what I'm thinking. And the guy would go, yes, we are ready. Great, go ahead. He didn't even say yes, uh, you know, give me the authority. It's like, go go with God. Go do what you need to go do. You're actually thinking like I am. So when a leader is working with their employees, the number one job, I believe, uh, of any leader is leadership development. So this process of empowerment, of making sure they know the mission, have absolute responsibility, and know how to make, have comp- make competent decisions is the process which we as, as organizations must be deploring upon our, uh, our team members. 
Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, you wrote two amazing best-selling books, The Brand Called You and The Personal Branding Phenomenon. How does branding change in today's environment? Branding is even more alive than ever because there's a couple different ways of describing what a brand is. You know, people can say a brand is kind of an image. Um, it's what you know, it's a specialization. So what I think of somebody, uh, it's also a reputation. So more or less, the more powerful the brand, the more likely we are to be influenced by it. So if you have a brand that you know and like, you will be more likely to be influenced by it. If there's another brand out there who you don't know and like, you're not going to be influenced by it. So my shift early in my career was around marketing and branding, and now I'm shifting shifting into leadership. And I have two more books in the pipeline coming down. One is called Meeting Without Walls, How to Lead the Perfect Virtual Meeting. And the other one is uh, Leadership Power. But all of those branding lessons I taught 15, 20 years ago still resonate because leadership is influence. (laughs) Nothing more, nothing less, as John Maxwell says. Absolutely. All right. So can't wait for the next books because I've got dog-eared, underlined, and highlighted versions of the originals. Now, you oh, thank also, you. My, my pleasure, you've also lived, something I didn't know, you've lived in 22 cities? Yeah, probably so a little more little, than that by now. So, and today's yeah. nomad, talk about being a nomad. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, graduated from the University of California, Irvine in 1992 with a degree in political science. And when you have a degree with, from, in political science, you only have a couple choices. Uh, you can go to law school, but I had ADHD, so I just didn't have the scholastic discipline for law school. Uh, you can go into uh, food services. You can become a waiter or a bartender, or you can go into sales. Uh, and I chose sales. Uh, I went to work for the uh, big motivational speaker in the world and the job, I was a front man. So they would drop me into a different city two months at a time as a way of introducing this large sales motivation speaker was coming into town afterwards. So over five years, I lived in 22 different cities. It was a a wonderful experience uh, fresh out of college. That is absolutely incredible. And now you took your software company from an idea to a multi-million dollar exit in less than 10 years, which is absolutely incredible. Can you talk about what that idea was and how that happened? Sure. I was, uh, I've now graduated out of the uh, field of marketing in financial services, but for better part of 20 years, I was the go-to guy, the marketing and branding guru in financial services. Uh, I wrote the books, The Brand Called You. I had advertising agency specializing in financial advisors. And then in 2008, I was really tired of the advertising model. The advertising business is uh, eat what you kill. And so every single month you're out there trying to slay new sales. And if I didn't slay enough sales that month, I just didn't eat. I got to a point where my monthly overhead was $200,000, $250,000 a month just to keep the doors open. And I was selling my packages at $10,000 a piece, which was expensive. And so I had to sell you know, 25 packages every single month just to keep the lights on. And they were bad months during the course of the year. I was really fatigued by that. Uh, the lesson I learned from that is I really wanted recurring revenue. <laughs> so, <laughs> I uh, kind of had an idea in the financial services industry of creating, um, solving a problem. So, you know, the, the best brands find a problem and solve it. Uh, financial advisors desperately need to have ongoing contact with their clients, but they have a problem about writing content and getting it reviewed by compliance. So I developed an online platform that wrote the content. We routed it through compliance and then the, the advisors could download it and email or mail it to their clients. Uh, and that created the recurring revenue model. Um, But I started it in 2008 when I was a million dollars in debt from the advertising business (laughs) uh, and somehow managed to persevere and uh, build that business without taking any loans out, without any equity and without any partners. I still don't know how I did it. It was impossible. So there's not going to be a book about how how, how you did that one, huh? (laughs) 
I, I, you know, it was, it was one of those businesses where I worked, you know, 70 hours a week, you know, for 10 years. And when you're working that hard, you're not sleeping and you're so stressed, your memory um, actually regresses. So I don't remember a lot of it. I kind of remember some big things that happened along the way, but some of the day-to-day fights, I just don't recall anymore because I was just so stressed out all the time. Well, congratulations on the sale and coming back to your much happier version of your life. So what, what do you like about what you do? I mean, the passion's obvious. You know, um, what gets me really excited um, are um, three things. Uh, and the first one is transformation. Transformation is when somebody has, see, has a fundamental shift in the understanding of who they are or what they can do. And anybody can have a transformational moment stepping out of the shower or dri- while driving a car. But usually they have those when they're usually up against some kind of resistance and they actually break through. That's when they have their transformational experiences. And you can have those during exercises and did a course of business. But, uh, you know, we are now a training and teaching organization that facilitate those opportunities in a controlled setting so we can get people to transform uh, much, much faster <laughs> by making sure they're kind of in a shoot, having this very um, coordinated experience. So I really get excited seeing people transform who they are. That's number one. Uh, number two, I get really excited seeing people connect. So, uh, you know, you're probably like me. Whenever I watch YouTube and if I ever see those videos of, uh, military members coming home and seeing their family, surprising their family. I, I cry every single time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I cry every single time that I uh, see p- old friends reconnecting or people on our, 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 our community and people seeing connect on those. I, I just love seeing people connect. So that's the second thing that really gets me excited. Uh, and the third thing that gets me excited is making a positive difference in the world and the lives of others. So uh, I'm blessed enough that I'm now a place in my career, both with the financial resources um, and also I think with enough experience that I can actually go out and create that, help p- other people people empower themselves. That is awesome. Uh, what a reason to get up in the morning. And you mentioned training and teaching organization, helping facilitate those transformations. Who is your ideal client now? Uh, you know, I like working with leaders and they can be leaders of cells or emerging leaders of leaders. Uh, so we're, I'm heavily focused now in the leadership area and we target organizations. Organizations could be businesses. It could be academic organizations, nonprofits, or political. I work across the spectrum in leadership development these days. All right. And for folks now, what advice would you give them if they're struggling with leading in the remote COVID situation? Leadership to me uh, begins and ends with people. So as a leader, my job is to maximize human well-being, you know, by myself and my family and my community. And if you are not in the business of maximizing human well-being, I'm not exactly sure what you're in the business of doing. So everyone from a macro point of view, I think should be setting setting out to maximize human well-being. Now, your business might be some aspect of that, but it better be under the umbrella of maximizing human well-being. So which means that um, if you are struggling, the first place I would be looking is your human connection. And I've created for myself uh, a daily ritual to make sure I'm maintaining my emotional health. And let me share with you a couple of things that I'm doing every single day, which I would recommend to others. Uh, Number one, uh, I write a list of five things that I'm grateful for. Sometimes I express them out loud. uh, Sometimes I write them. Sometimes I just sit and I just ruminate on five things I'm grateful for. 
Sometimes they're the same five things as the day yesterday. Sometimes they're new things. I'm always grateful for my loving wife who's right over my right shoulder. So she's she and my kids and we're all healthy. So that gets pretty high to the list. And that act of gratitude is really, really important. Very, very healthy uh, for you. And number two, I exercise every day and it isn't necessarily the exercises I used to do. Uh, I was a CrossFitter, which means that, you know, three to four days a week, I was in the gym going after pretty intensively. Uh, now, even just doing a 30 minute walk. So exercise every day. Uh, number three, uh, meditate minimum five minutes. You can go to YouTube, search for five minute meditations, guided, unguided. It's super easy. You got to meditate every single day. Uh, and then number four, I do a video chat now every single day with somebody else where I'm just practicing empathy. Uh, it's really important that you do it face to face like we're doing it here. Uh, neuroscientists believe there are some neurons in our brain called uh, mirror neurons that get fired up and we see other people's faces emoting. So it's really, really important. Uh, and number five is get at least eight hours of sleep. So those are my daily five practices for maintaining sanity and connection uh, while being on lockdown. That is a beautiful morning routine. That'll set you up for success. For our audience who are watching and listening and want to learn more about you, where is the best place for us to send them? Uh, two places, I would go to YouTube and search for Thrive Union. We created over 60 different videos that provide people a really great predictable model for how the world works. Uh, and what we're, you know, what you and I are basically in the business of doing is providing people predictable models. So you can learn by one of two ways, uh, either the school of hard knocks by your own experience, which is really painful and time consuming, uh, or number two, by learning the models that other people have figured out already and be able to kind of know the terrain before we get into it. So go to YouTube and search Thrive Union. That's one place. And the second place is my website. Uh, you know, I, I'm a personal branding guy. So my website is petermontoya.com. And I do trainings and keynote presentations uh, for all different types of organizations now. All right. This has been Seth Green of Sharkpreneur with Peter Montoya of Thrive Union and petermontoya.com. Peter, thanks so much for joining us. Thrilled being here today, Seth. Thank you so much. It was a great interview. Thanks everybody for watching or listening and we'll talk to you next time. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.